What's up, y'all? We are continuing the conversation over from the last podcast, which is just kind of going over a wild, wild week for CSU football. It's been just a chaotic, chaotic time for the program as a whole. Really, really just a bad look in general, getting a lot of negative national attention. Just tough all around, you know. I think it's a it's a tough time to be a fan of the CSU Rams just in general. I mean, it's been a couple of down years in terms of success and now to mix in all the scandals on top of that i think at some point a lot of csu fans are just kind of feeling like you know when can we get a win you know when can we just have something go our way but man it's it's been rough it's been ugly i I spent about 35 minutes on the first part of of this conversation in the last podcast just kind of setting the scene going over the timeline i talked about everything that happened between tuesday and saturday night and man it was a ton. Like I tried really hard to just kind of keep the flow moving, kind of keep keep the pace up because I just knew if I dragged on and on about every little, you know, every little piece of information, every single statement that came out, I probably could have released like a four hour podcast. And let's be real, nobody wants to listen to something that long. I just figured, you know, this was a good way to do it, break it up into two parts. In particular, this this second part of the conversation is really gonna focus heavily on that Colorado article that came out Saturday afternoon with all kinds of allegations regarding uh, racial insensitivity and verbal abuse, verbal abuse within, you know, the, the CSU athletics department and football team specifically. I'm going to talk about some of the incidents some of the incidents individually. I've reached out to try and confirm on some of this stuff. I'll talk about that a little bit. I'll talk about how this article, you know, kind of changed my opinion of Mike Bobo a little bit. You know, some of the stuff I'm hearing kind of refutes some of the stuff in this report. So like everything, you know, I think people are complicated and I think this is probably a perfect example of that. But there was definitely some some really just discouraging stuff about Mike Bobo in there in general. I think stuff that, you know, kind of just made him look like a, a mean-spirited and really, you know, an ignorant individual and that's always disappointing because, you know, my experience with Mike Bobo, at least covering the team, he was always really, really polite to me, really just kind of a nice dude. I I had always heard, you know, for the most part, good things about him. I think he was kind of a hard ass, but, you know, football culture is just different in general. And that's one of the things that I'm going to try and talk about on this podcast today. You know, it's, it's always weird to talk about stuff like this because when it comes to hard coaching, verbal abuse, you know, bullying, all that stuff, it can kind of be a little bit of a fine line, you know, what works in some instances could completely make another player break down. And that's what always makes these situations so complicated. It's what made it hard under Larry Eustacey, you know, he had a track record of winning for the most part. So when you're doing that type of stuff, it generally speaking, it's kind of easier to get away with or people just generally don't seem to have as big of a problem with it. But then you know, the minute you start losing, that's when everybody's opinion starts to change a little bit. And I get that, at least from the public standpoint, you know, I think people's stance from the media on Larry was always kind of pretty clear from the start, but just a, just a weird time altogether. So we're going to go over all that. I'm going to talk about it, give my thoughts, you know, talk about what kind of changes I expect to see moving forward. At this point, we still really need to find out the the results of the the COVID-19 investigation, as well as, you know, some of the stuff with with racial accusations regarding the new coaches as well. But the the vast majority of the stuff in that report was around the old staff and and Mike Bobo and, and Jancic and 
kind of the things that Joe Parker allowed to allegedly happen under his watch. So plenty to talk about, plenty to get in. First, I got to shout out my friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. It's summertime. There's all kinds of sports going on. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs are kicking off. Got UFC, PGA Championship this weekend. We've got some more golf events coming up in August and September. It's just sports heaven right now. Hopefully, we're going to have football coming right around the corner as well. But I'm telling you, nothing makes it better than an ice-cold Breck brew. I was up in Vail this past week, or you know, near Vail, and it was just really, really gorgeous out. I was spending time in the trees, cracking open some ice-cold mountain beaches, and man, it was perfect. It was just perfect for the weather, perfect for the vibe. Just a, just a delicious, you know, sour, a little bit tart, a little bit sweet, nothing overpowering though. Really, really refreshing. Just can't speak highly enough about that mountain beach. Check that out or, you know, grab the 15 can sampler, which is just your best bet for variety. A little bit of hot peak IPA, a little bit of avalanche ale, everything. Strawberry sky, just get a little, you know, sampler. You're going to have a little bit of beer for you, a little bit for your friends. You're just going to have the selection that makes your gathering a hit. Shout out to Breck. You can get that delivered via Davidson's, an awesome local company. They have locations in Highlands Ranch as well as Centennial. You can also use the Breck Beer Locator to find the closest liquor store near you with delicious ice-cold Breck brews. So clutch, so convenient. I hate that whole process of, oh, which liquor store are we going to go to? This one has this. this, this, this. Get rid of all of that. Hop on the Breck Beer Locator. It'll tell you the closest liquor store near you. Shout out Breckenridge Brewery. All right, let's just jump right into this here. Like I said, in general, I think this Coloradoan report is just a really, really bad look for CSU athletics as a whole. I think there's a bunch of, you know, individual instances you can look at and it, it, it you know, looks poorly for those individuals. There's some stuff in there that looks really bad about Mike Bobo. There's some stuff in there that makes Joe Parker not look very strong in his position as the athletic director. There's, you know, information from former players, current players, all kinds of people in there. It was a really, really in-depth article, and I highly recommend that you go and check this out. Really, really just a ton of reporting from, from Miles Wimhart and, and Kevin Lytle, the Colorado, and uh, these main articles, I think, were, were obviously Miles, but I think, you know, Kevin had just so a part in, the, in that research process, obviously, his relationships with CSU Athletics. All of that stuff, I just really wanted to shout out both of those guys in particular. You know, I give Kevin some props when he was on the podcast, but I kind of realized I didn't really give Miles enough props because, you know, he's the one that broke all of this open. So, you know, shout out to my friends at the Coloradoan. Really, really just detailed reporting. There's some stuff in there that, you know, I'm not necessarily sure I would have used in the same way or, you know, maybe I would have preferred to to get some further context on a couple of things in there, but when when you have that much ground in an an article, you're really you're really nitpicking, especially when you're kind of like looking at you know one little thing versus the whole. And and there's just so much stuff in there, and and obviously that's what's going to make it really tough for CSU athletics in general. This isn't one isolated incident. It's you know kind of a a reported re- repeated behavior and. That's concerning, especially given the history that CSU already has with Larry Stacy, And it, it went into that in, in detail. It kind of talked about how 
the the athletic department people that worked within CSU CSU athletics, Joe Parker really lost a lot of credibility with the way that he handled that U Stacy situation, especially you know with the su- support staff, with the sports psychologists, the counselors, all of those people. You know, how do you sit and preach that you care about you know the the development and you know the holistic development of of student athletes and all of that, and then you go ahead and you you knowingly keep a, an abusive coach. And it turns out that at least according to this Colorado article, there might've been some of that going on with football as well. It's, it's a tough, tough spot. I mean, I, I talked about on Twitter how we don't have complete access to football and that really limits the scope of what we're able to observe on a day-to-day basis. In my experience, Mike Bobo was super polite to me, answered all of my questions. Generally, I viewed him as a, as a good man. You know, I talked about that plenty last season he was a guy who I had a lot of respect for. I felt that, you know, he was running the program at least seemingly the right way. And, you know, there's some stuff in here that, that you know, kind of makes me question that a little bit. Now, am I going to come out and, and come to a complete 180 and be like, Mike Bobo's the devil. I was completely wrong about him. No, because, you know, I can only go off what, what I'm being told, what I've read, and it's it's pretty it's a pretty wide bag so far. You know, I've I've heard some not so great things, but generally speaking, have not heard anything regarding racial ins- insensitivity or, or racist comments or anything like that from Bobo. Never heard any of that. You know, in the in the entire time he was here, I I personally feel like if if that was an issue, that would have been something that would have come up. I got to know quite a few of those players pretty well. And and if if they really felt that they were led by like a racist individual, I just I think they would have came forward. That that's kind of where I'm at now. Who knows? You know, it 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 could have happened because like I said, we don't have full access. And that's why I'm just trying to be really careful with what I what I put out there because I I know that obviously as a as a voice of the CSU Rams community, what I say has weight and I I accept that responsibility as something that I don't take lightly. So I just I really want to be careful and I also just want to be respectful to both sides, you know. Yes, a lot of players have come forward to me and been like that's that's total, you know, BS. Mike was a great guy, great leader, all of that type of stuff, never witnessed any of that. But the Colorado an article references 20 individuals. 20. That's a lot. That's a lot to just, you know, turn a blind eye to and be like, well, he was always great to me, so must have been a great guy. In my experience, he was. And in, in a lot of the things I've heard, he was, at least generally generally speaking, a pretty stand-up dude. This report makes it seem otherwise, though, and that's tough. That's, that's really tough. And I know it's probably tough for a lot of fans out there right now because they're trying to decide, like, well, I, I really liked this guy, and now I don't know if I should believe it because it's you know, an assistant coach coming out and speaking, maybe he just has an ax to grind all of that. There's just, there's so many layers to this. And I get that it's, it's not an easy situation. It's not an easy story to break down or even follow as a fan. In regards to Mike Boba though, there, there are two incidents or two things in that article in particular that I think stand out. The first of which is, is a reference to an incident in which Mike Bobo allegedly forced an overweight equipment trainer to run, you know, know, sprints with the team basically to mock him. Now I've, I've reached out to a couple of people and 
I have, from what I've heard, it, it sounds like this did happen. And that's just, it's just sickening, man. That's just bullying. And that, that was the, that was the thing that really, really disappointed me about Mike Bobo because when it comes to character, you know, that's just a mean spirited thing to do to force, you know, an overweight individual to, to sprint and run with these elite D one athletes and, and all out of mockery. Like that's not coaching. That doesn't do anything to bring the team together. That's just an instance of absolute power and, and how it can corrupt people. And even if Mike Bobo was a good dude, which, which like I said, and in, in most of my experiences, he was that particular instance is really, really disappointing. And quite honestly, it's, it's probably going to forever change how I feel about him at, at least slightly, you know, like I said, it, it doesn't take away all of those good experiences I had around him, but it, it definitely, it definitely kind of changes what I feel about him in terms of just the type of guy he is. And, you know, maybe, maybe he's not necessarily the, the great guy that I thought he was. I don't know. It's just really, really disappointing to read something like that in the article. The other thing that really stands out about Mike Bobo, at least to me in terms of this article is the recruiting stuff and the alleged way that he, you know, wanted, he wanted black student athletes to be met by black women and and stuff like that. And if that's true, that's quite honestly, that's, that's just not an appropriate way to manage things. I will say that I don't think stuff like that is unique. I, I don't think that's unique to CSU just in general. I think recruiting is just not great. I just, I think that schools do some things that when you really think about it, especially something like this, and, and you think about the grand scope of things, it's like, that sounds really gross. Um, you know, I, I just in 2020, you know, you can't be thinking like that. You just can't. Like I said, I, I, I don't think, think it's unique. I don't think that's a situation where if you look at recruiting across the country, I guarantee you that there are teams doing that exact same thing, but that's just not a defense. And, that, and that's not, not really something you want to see, especially in 2020. It's just a bad look overall. In general, you know, just with Mike Bobo, I think the stuff in here that came out, it just, it doesn't look very good for him. He obviously denied comment to the Colorado and not surprising there just generally disappointing. That's, that's my big theme with Bobo and this whole article. Cause he was a guy that, you know, I, I've had a lot of respect for over the years and I still do respect him, but this is a uh, not, doesn't look good. Definitely does not look good. That's I can say that I do want to say, you know, as far as racism allegations go, everything that I've heard from, from former players and, and their families, kind of leads me to believe that Mike Bobo, not a racist individual, might have been a little bit insensitive at times. The uh, The incident with John Jancic, though, and I know that that came out, that was a weird situation from the start. You know, we, we all saw that incident with Trey Thomas on the sideline where they blow up. Really, really a bad look. Bobo ended up moving him up to the booth after that. He claimed it was for a better view, but, you know, really, it, it seems like they didn't trust that Jancic and the players would get along down on the field. I don't, that whole situation in general was weird. I, I don't have any inside information on, you know, whether John Jancic was racially insensitive or anything like that. I do know that, you know, the way that he kind of talked to players was definitely more on the old school side. Um, excuse my language, but he really loved to throw the term around motherfucker. 
you know, this motherfucker, this, this motherfucker, that, that, um, that's not unique either. And that's like, I just think with stuff like that, you got to be careful because if you really put it in a vacuum, it's obviously going to look bad. Definitely, definitely doesn't look good for Jancic. I, I think that's safe to say, but I did, I did find it interesting that that was thrown in there as well. Um, as far as the accusations towards Steve Adazio, though, though they're concerning as well, you know, particularly if he actually did brag about, you know, really laying into a player there. You know, that's not coaching. That's not productive. I understand football culture. I'm not a soft guy. Like I get so many responses on Twitter where it's like, oh, you know, if you guys were there, you'd just be upset about every little curse word. No, I, first of all, anybody that knows me knows that I cuss more than anybody I know. It's so hard for me to make it through a podcast without cursing. Second of all, I understand that it's a fine line with motivation and intensity and in a contact sport like football, it it gets really complicated really fast. But if you're just bragging about, you know, berating a player or whatever, then you're not even you're not using that energy, that intensity to motivate. In that instance, you're just happy to have the power over another human being. And that's kind of some of the stuff that it talked about with Jimmy Stewart. And and now is a good time to transition into that. Obviously, there are plenty of people that are going to be like, oh, of course, Jimmy Stewart waits till retirement age to come out. Well, if you think it's so easy, I I urge you this. Go tell your boss he sucks at his job or he or she sucks at their job. No, not easy. Not an easy thing to do. No, that's what I thought. Now imagine if your entire career would be on the line. Just come on, guys. Come on, people. Use a little bit of common sense when it comes to that. I do think that Stewart's quote about George Floyd probably was a little bit too extreme, you know, a little bit too exaggerated. And and because of that, I think it probably instead of being really impactful, like they were, you know, kind of hoping, I think it it almost diluted the argument to an extent because, you know, people are just kind of like rolling their eyes at that point and like, oh, you know, you're just trying to capitalize on the intention of everything that's going on. But my interpretation of that particular quote was kind of going back to that theme of absolute power, you know, in the instance with the with the Minneapolis police officers and when they, you know, tragically killed George Floyd, they had absolute power over another human being. And it's a it's a different comparison with college football, but coaches have absolute power over human beings. And, And if it were to come out, if it's true that Adazio really did brag about, you know, berating a player, that's concerning because that's the type of, you know, corrupt mindset that can come from absolute power. And that's why I just think it's so important, one, to have media availability. I understand that it's 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 not going to be a situation where the media can be there for every single interaction. I get that. It's It's not realistic. It would never happen. But if you allow the media to be at every practice, at least the practice out on the field, when it comes to a situation like this, it's not going to be so much hearsay because you're going to have people that were there. They witnessed it firsthand. They can formulate their own opinion. Is it is is there a fine line with stuff with coaching and, and the stuff that we would put out? Absolutely. But to like the responses that that would be the bad for the program because the media would be trying to bring them down. I just I just disagree. And I think it would be good because I think for situations like this, we would be able to just blatantly say, you know, I saw Mike Bobo do this or I didn't see Mike Bobo do that. 
period, end of discussion. I don't know. You know, so far we haven't had a ton of practices under Adazio, so it's it's unclear, you know, what he's going to be like during the the initial portion of spring period. We didn't get to watch the entire practices. We got to watch a couple of periods at the beginning. It sounded like, you know, from at least, you know, back in March, God, it was so long ago now. It sounded like he was at least open to the idea of giving more availability. And so I don't want to like rail on Adazio for that for I mean, he hasn't even had the chance yet. You know, he hasn't even had a fall camp yet. But moving forward, I just think it's really important that you open up these practices because it's going to take a lot of the ambiguity out of these arguments. That's that's just where I feel. Some of you guys that that hate the media, don't trust us, whatever. I'm not trying to change your opinion on the local media, any media, the Colorado and any of that stuff. Quite frankly, I don't I don't give a shit. But. If, if you really think that like it would be our goal to bring down these programs for every little minuscule detail, every little curse word, everything like that, you just you don't get what our relationship is like. You don't because that wouldn't be the goal. You know, do you know how awkward that would be every single day if all we did was try and, you know, oh, look at what Adazio said, the F word today or that's not what we're here for, guys. That's not what we would be there for. We're there to observe, you know, we would, we'd be able to give much more in detailed articles about what they're working on. I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, if you don't have anything to hide, I, I don't what you get. I don't understand what you get out of closing practices because all it does is, is lead to situations like this where it's, it's weird investigations and you have hearsay and, and nobody can really verify anything one way or the other. And you could eliminate all of that really simply. That that's all I'm saying. That's just just consider it. You know, if you hate the media, just consider it. That's that's my take. <laughs> all right, going to continue this conversation with some final thoughts on Joe Parker, Anthony Hill, and and just this entire thing in just a second. But first, got to shout out my friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. The hits literally keep on coming from one MMA event to the next. They grow in excitement and anticipation. UFC 252 is no different with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the octagon this weekend. There's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users the opportunity to bet $1 to win $252. Those are some great odds, baby. Head to the app right now and check out all they have to offer, including fighter props, round-by-round betting, and so much more. So much fun to bet on UFC. Plus, with basketball's playoffs right around the corner, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering $10 in free bets to use in in-game action for every single first round of the playoffs. Damn, that is awesome. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $252 on this weekend's main event. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them the chance to win $252 when placing a $1 bet on this weekend's big fight. All you gotta do is use that code DNVR when you sign up, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, other terms and conditions and restrictions to apply. 
See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, I'm going to wrap up this podcast now. Pretty much covered, you know, the basis between this episode and the last one. We're well over an hour. Plenty of, plenty to digest. I just wanted to give just a couple final thoughts on Anthony Hill and Jimmy Stewart, as well as Joe Parker. You know, I kind of got into it a little bit earlier, but most of the people that are, that are against Anthony Hill and Jimmy Stewart right now has to do with the timing. Now, with Anthony with Anthony Hill, I understand that with a coach with with the position that he was in, it kind of seems like, you know, he had an axe to grind. They didn't initially offer him an on-field position. It seems like he kind of took, you know, slight to that. A letter later came out that showed that Joe Parker did in fact offer you know, future employment opportunities, other employment opportunities within the program as like an academic advisor. He didn't want it. He didn't respond. So, you know, that, that should, that should be brought up as well. I just, I have a, I have a big problem with, with the tone and, and the way that people are kind of going after him right now, though. I, I, I do think he probably has a bit of an ax to grind and that's, and that's something you need to consider as a reporter, as a journalist. And I'm sure they did. If if it was only Anthony Hill and nobody else that came forward, I would understand those arguments a lot more. But it's not. You had 20 plus people referenced. You have Jimmy Stewart, a guy who's extremely credible. I just, I don't get it. I I don't get, you know, I, I know you love CSU. I know you love your teams till you die. And that's what makes sports so great. But how often do CSU fans have to be on the wrong side of history? I mean, it happened with Larry. You don't want it to be that situation again. You know, don't just blindly defend people. Now, I'm not saying form a mob. I'm not saying, you know, Adazio needs to go or anything like that. Because like I said, most of the most of the really, really concerning stuff in this most recent Colorado article surround Bobo, Joe Parker, and the old staff. That's That's just the truth. You know, most of the stuff in there happened on Bobo's watch. I just, I don't know. I was a little surprised by how many people just immediately dismissed Anthony Hill, a Rams legend, you know, a quarterback under Sonny Lubick, a guy who played for coaches that did it right consistently. He knows what good coaching is like. You think Sonny Lubick and those guys in the 90s weren't hard on those players? No, they absolutely were. Hill is he he's not a guy that would just be coming forward if he didn't genuinely believe that student athletes, you know, were being mistreated. I just I really urge some of you guys to really take all of that into perspective before you before you react, you know, not everything is a situation where you should just blindly defend the school. It just it's complicated. We got to wait for this whole thing to play out, especially with the COVID stuff. And and that's really, I think, what's going to impact any potential changes inside the athletic department, as well as, you know, as well as the new football staff moving forward. But take it all in, consider all sides and and don't just blindly support CSU. That's, That's all I'm saying. Go Rams, you know, support your team, support your school always. But you got to you got to be able to admit when they do wrong. And if 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 everything in this report is true, 
there's been a lot of wrongdoing with CSU football lately, and and we're we'd want to change that. We would want that. We would hope that Adazio and the new guys are coming in and improving all of that, and hopefully, you know, hopefully the the report will show that that's the case. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Even after this crazy week, even after all the reports, multiple Coloradoan reports, the stuff from ESPN, statements from coaches, players, teammates, all of that, we still don't know. The one thing we do know is that CSU is in a really bad situation from a PR standpoint. It looks just really, I mean, CSU just across the country looks so bad right now. Joe Parker does not look like a strong athletic director after this report. He's a guy who, like I said, you know, I have, I've had a pretty good relationship with him. I made, maybe not so much during the Eustacey stuff. I'm sure I wasn't his most popular guy, but he was never rude to me or any, anything like that. I've given him a ton of credit for the, for the sta- stadium naming rights. That was big time. He's an awesome football scheduler. Generally speaking, I think he's just, I think he's a good guy. I think he's, you know, pleasant to be around. But when you look, when you look at everything that's happened under Joe Parker, it's kind of been, you know, quite a few scandals, a lot of negative headlines and not very much success. You know, there was momentary stuff in, in 2017 before it all collapsed. Then obviously you had the, the extension, which just didn't work out in the end. On that one, you know, he was banking on future success. And, and in, in hindsight, it was the wrong move, but I understood it at the time. So I, I think the context of that matters as well. But he completely dropped the ball with you, Stacy. Like, let's be real. That, that whole situation was really mishandled. You know, sort of made up for it by hiring Nico Medved. But they spent a bunch of money to hire his buddy of a consulting firm. That wasn't necessarily great. That one... I think you can go either way just because, look, it, it doesn't look good whenever you hire, you know, like your good buddy or whatever to to run this search firm, especially when everyone in the world is pounding for Craig Smith and, and Nico Medved as the two main candidates. But at the same time, the reason that you hire search firms is so that you can vet people and potentially, you know, avoid some of those issues down the road. So I'm not going to rail him for that decision or anything like that. But just with this entire situation as a whole, with how he handled everything with Bobo with apparently, you know, some of the stuff that's been going on behind the scenes. I'll be interested to see, you know, what kind of comes of all of this, because if anybody is going to lose their job out of all this, I'd say the most likely would probably be Joe Parker. You know, this isn't, this isn't me campaigning for it or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, you have a, a first year school president who is looking at this situation and, She's going to have to ask herself some pretty tough questions, you know, in particular, you know, what the hell happened with all of this? But if she fails to take action, all of that responsibility then comes back to Joyce McConnell. I'm not sure that she would want to be in that position. You know, you if you if you let go of Parker, it looks like that you're you're making action again. You know, this is not me being like Hey, they should they should fire Joe Parker or whatever. I'm just saying of of everything that's in that report, if anyone were to lose their job, my guess is it would be Parker in that position just because, you know, when you are the athletic director, when you are the athletic director, the head administrator, you know, you are responsible for everything that happens under your watch. 
And it's it's been pretty chaotic under Parker's watch. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how McConnell decides to play all this. You know, does she try and protect her own self? You know, does she give Parker another chance, especially because, like I said, he did a great job with scheduling. He's done a phenomenal job with the, with the naming rights. And more or less, I think he does a pretty good job of handling the media, deflecting questions, stuff like that. It's all just going to come down to does Joyce think that, you know, Joe is capable of handling these difficult decisions? And that's going to be interesting. That's going to be really interesting because, you know, as we saw a couple of years ago with you, Stacey, it kind of looked like they were considering bringing him back. Then he ended up threatening the team again and they had to let him go. They had to pay him off basically to to ride off into the sunset and not expose all the school skeletons. It's just been a really, really weird situation. But of everything that comes out in that article, I would just say, you know, it, it obviously looks really bad for Mike Bobo. It, it doesn't look great for Steve Adazio. If some of that stuff is true, I'm not necessarily sure there's enough in there to even, you know, act like he should get fired. We'll have to see. It'll it'll really come down to the covid stuff and and, you know, some of the some of the racial stuff as well. But of, of all the people that that really, you know, don't look great in that article, I think it, it kind of comes down to just the CSU administration as a whole. CSU as an institution, and, you know, quite frankly, you know, if, if anybody gets canned, it's probably going to be Parker because he's in charge of all that. And that's just how this situation works. You know, it's it's a it's a thankless position. I've said it so many times. Thank God I'm not an athletic director because I, I can't imagine a more difficult job than trying to balance everything that comes with that position. But man, what a rough week. What an ugly week. I'm, I'm sure you, like me, are exhausted from all of it. But I just wanted to come on and kind of talk about everything that happened this week, kind of give where my head's at right now. If you take anything away from this, it's that you know, we're we're really going to have to wait until all the facts come out with the COVID stuff in, in terms of, you know, before we might start making any hot takes about coaches or anything like that. Probably changed my opinion on Bobo slightly, and it's going to get kind of dicey for Parker. So that that's my big takeaway from this entire Colorado and report. This whole situation should be interesting to see what we find out in the next couple of days. You know, I, at this point, you know, CSU has pretty much been good for a headline like every six to eight hours or so. So. You know, I'm sure by the time I'm done editing this podcast, there'll be something else to talk about. So thank you to everybody. Um, I'm sorry that it took me this long to get it out. Like I said, I was just really trying to wait until we could get as much information as possible. We're still waiting on some. And, and because of that, I eventually was just like, well, I got to record something. It's It's been too long. But, you know, we'll we'll keep you up to date with all of this. We'll see what comes of it all. And, you know, it's it's going to be weird. Stay strong, keep your heads up as best as possible, and, you know, try and do something nice for somebody today. Just try and be a good person, do something good, put some good vibes out in the universe. I think we could all use a little bit more of that right now. Word, I appreciate everybody that listens. You know, I'm, <laughs> I know I, I rambled a bit at times in this podcast. There was just so much to go over. So I appreciate everybody that continues to support us that continues to read the content over at DNVR Rams, follows us on Twitter, engages with us, all of that stuff. Thank you to everybody that reached out to me privately over the last couple of days. I've talked to a ton of parents, people within the program, all that kind of stuff. I really appreciate all of your perspectives. As always, my DMs are always open. You can email me at justin at vdnvr.com. No agenda. I just want the truth. 
Hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask.